Welcome to Backstory Song. I'm your host, Doug Burke. And today we're here with Rick Gerber of the band Bad Feather. Rick Gerber is the songwriting multi-instrumentalist frontman for the classic rock, funk, and soul jam band Bad Feather. He writes songs across a wide range of genres, and his band's energetic performances get the audience up on their feet moving to the beat. Rick writes songs of personal experiences and then adds multi-layered musical instrumentation to create songs rooted in rock's history, but nonetheless very contemporary. So what song would you like to talk well, about I, I, first? So I Rick. so when my when my car was uh, stolen about five years ago now, Christmas time, all my music gear and all my books. I did not believe in the cloud. I did not believe in digital. I just forsook it. Like and so you I took it for granted. <laughs> yeah, I did. But I had to. I had to remember all the songs that were in my books because they were stolen. And obviously, those thieves who stole my car obviously probably threw them in the garbage. I had to go back through and remember and rewrite onto the computer make sure they're in the cloud now. Did you have recordings to go from some, on any of them? Some of it, but you know, playing live so much, I don't, you know, making an album is like a year, it's like, it takes me a year. So I just recorded a brand new album and I lost the files on my computer, it crashed. I got to start it over. So I think a good song to talk about would probably be um, Lady December. And I wrote that shortly after my car was stolen. All the people that heard about it, my sister, she like jumped at it and she like, got me on the news. I was on the news. She like had me interviewed on the radio and like she started to go fund me. I didn't even know what a GoFundMe was. And all these people reached out to me, an outpour of people offering me their guitars. Like, cause my, both my guitars were stolen. Like it was a big deal. And my piano, all, all kinds of everything. My amp, my pedal board, my favorite boots, my favorite shirt. Cause my car is my mobile office. I'm always gigging. So that happened. And, and in hindsight, it's, it's, 
probably the best thing that could happen to me because it just taught me. It put me on another level. It really did. And maybe those people that stole my shit needed it more than I did. I don't know. But so I wrote this song and it's called Lady December. And one of the people who reached out to me, who got me my start in Tanglewood, he called me, he found out I saw it on the news, called me, said, Rick, go to the guitar store, get any guitar you want. And I'm like, Bill, you don't have to do that. He's like, Rick, go to the guitar store and get any guitar you want. So I went and got my brand new Gibson. And then I went home and I was thinking about it. I mean, I was, I was a wreck. I was, it, it messed me up. So I, so I sat down and I wrote this song. First verse goes, walking through the ways of the summer, wasting precious time in the winter. Never really sure about the answers because they're all just questions anyway. And I mean, I was in such a bind in my life right there where I was questioning everything and there were no answers because they were still questions. It was a paradox for me. Do you know what I mean? I just, every question was still a question. There was no answer. And the next part of the verse goes, I will get through with compassion. I was waiting on the sky to rain. How far are we owned by our possessions? Pretty things just get in the way. And here I am sitting here, you know, having to let go of my guitar that I bought when I was a kid, my Gibson that I worked three jobs to buy, my Gibson songwriter. Uh, how do I go of it? And so I think that's a pretty plain lyric. I can write pretty metaphorically sometimes, but, and then the chorus says, it's all mind over matter. Keep your eyes on the prize, it'll get better. Somewhere through the confusion and the clatter lies the one thing that you truly crave. And obviously, when something that bad happens to you, you have to look through the ether and see what it is you really wanted or needed. And I mean, yes, possessions are just possessions, but they do, like Chuck Palahniuk said, you're not your fucking khakis, but I think things that you have in your life, I think they define you. You know, people who smoke think smoking defines them, and that's why they still smoke. But you know, someone like me or maybe someone like you, my records define me. My music, like all these records in this house, they, they define what I've done in my life. And the books that I've read on my shelves, those things define me. So those are possessions that I cherish. And so the next verse, um, nobody knows the answer, nobody knows the way, but hope and love are essential. What are we without love anyway? And that was just all the people that reached out to me, all that love. So that was heavy. And then the last part of the verse says, walking through the tide of stormy water, I was waiting on the wind for a change. Somewhere out there lies your fortune. It might be money or it might be happiness. My stuff being stolen wrote that song and it's on Bad Feathers record. I'm stunned that there's no anger. Like when you found your car, how did you feel? Luckily I was, I was sitting in on a gig and I was playing the guitar for this band because there was a keyboard player. So luckily I didn't have my keyboards on the car. That would have just my keyboards are so expensive and they're hard to replace. I dropped my little brother was in town. It was Christmas. My sister was house sitting in this huge mansion, the CEO of uh, Costco. It's his house. He's always going. So she, her and her husband and their kids were living there. And I was dropping him off. And I was pretty tired. I, I wanted to go home. I was still living in Ogden. And I dropped my little brother there. And she's like, just come in and have a sandwich. And so I go inside and eat a sandwich. I walk out. My car's gone. And I'm just looking around. And it's kind of on a hill. So I'm like looking down the hill going, maybe it rolled down the hill. Not thinking, oh, it's stolen. I get my brother and I'm like, did I park there, Alex? I mean, am I just exhausted? What's going on? And sure enough, it, we realized it was stolen, got in my, my brother-in-law's car and we drove all around trying to catch him and find him. And then I went back and I laid down in my sister's spare bedroom on the spare bed and it just, the world just spun out of control. And um, yeah, and then the next morning, you know, I, I didn't sleep for two days. You know, I couldn't sleep. And then by the next two days, I was being interviewed on the news. <laughs> and I, I would have never done that. That was all my sister. I'm grateful for it. No, I wasn't mad. And the community came, came out for you. 
you've got such resolution well, to, think to about, the thing think in about, the song. Think, you've like so moved on. It's it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, all I can do is move forward. I mean, you can only move forward. You can't move backwards. You never get anywhere. All the outpour of that love and the, and the people, like, it was enough to make the experience what it was. And now I just look back on it and, you know, realize that like, this is all just fleeting. You know, your health, your dog, the love of your life, those are the most important things. Your mind and heart are probably the most important. So, so it was just an experience. I mean, I definitely, there's days I miss that guitar and I definitely, I, I dream still that I'm like playing that guitar or playing my original telly. And I wake up and I'm like, I have my guitar and it's not there. But if it was in a pawn store or a thrift store, would you know it was yours? Mm -hmm. And I would pay for it. I would buy it back. I wouldn't even try to get it back for free. I would buy it back. What, are there any markings on it that people might oh, recognize yeah. if we put oh, this I mean, there? The whole, it's a Gibson songwriter that, you know, the back's worn down. There's no paint on the back and spurts of blood in there from, from my drunk friend at my wedding bleeding all over my guitar. There's little blood specks in there, but um, no, the I mean, in, on the inside yeah, of the body, barely faintly now, but so we could get a DNA tested. You'll <laughs> <laughs> have to call Jill and be like, I need your blood, bro. But anyway, good stuff. Oh, it's, so you mentioned crave the things you crave is one of the, well, yeah, the, the things you crave. Um, uh, what are the things you crave resolution and hope? that you know like when people complain saying america's so bad it's hard for me to believe that there's there's more bad than there is good most of all that as long as a thank you to all the people who reached out to me but, but no the things i crave are, are harmony and, and understanding and, and resolution and, and uh and friendship and and being able to get past that kind of stuff because that's hard that was just one thing and you know we've all had our car stolen with our gear in it but i mean honestly you know Everyone's had that experience at some capacity. So. Thank you. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at
So, Rick, what song do you want to talk about next? Beautiful Heart of Darkness. It was a song heavily influenced by Prince. This was long before he passed. Well, maybe a few years before he passed. And I was always fascinated by how he could, you know, tell a story and, and write a song with just so little chords, so much space. So I wrote this three-chord song called Beautiful Heart of Darkness. And I, I'm an avid reader, and um, and I love Joseph Conrad, and I loved, you know... Um, uh, what is the the film that's loosely apocalypse based? Now. Yeah, Apocalypse Now. And I just thought it was also so lovely, the darkness in the light. And so I, I said, Beautiful Heart of Darkness. And I, I think I was having a conversation with a friend and I just said that title for some reason in jest. And it stuck with me and it kind of inebriated in my brain. And then I, I sat down in my studio before I, this is when I still lived in Ogden, before my car was stolen. And I just wrote this song in one fell swoop. The lyrics came, the chords came, and I was always fascinated by Princess Falsetto. So I wrote an F because F is a good key to sing falsetto. It's also a love song just, I don't know, to everyone, like the brevity. Like I was pretty close to getting divorced. I still love my ex-wife to death. She's my best friend, one of the best people I know, but our time was fading. I think this song has elements of her shortly after we were divorced and I, you know, I dated some really beautiful, wonderful ladies. And then I was, I got dragged to a uh, Trey Anastasio show. This was after I recorded the song and released the album. This was a year later. And this woman comes up to me, just this beautiful woman. And she spills water on my boots and just keeps standing there. And she's so awkward. And she, she said, I really like your song, Beautiful Heart of Darkness. And I was like, oh, and I was so impressed that, that she liked it. And I didn't get her phone number. I wanted to, but I didn't, it's just not the way I am. And I, I and then we just kept crossing paths and and, uh, and I fell in love with that girl. I think that song's more for her than anyone. And I didn't even know her when I wrote it. It's kind of crazy. It's kind of cool how music does that. You know, music is such a... What that song can mean for me can mean something completely different for somebody else. I strongly believe that this song kind of wrote itself for her, but um, we're not together anymore. But I still love her very much, probably more than anyone. The lyrics go... Your kisses roll right off my tongue. It makes a loser feel so good. You fall from grace so gracefully. I long just to be there. Um, your electric eyeshadow moves through my world. Your eyes are so interior. Your lips are blood red burgundy. I long just to be there. And I think, I think I was just calling out to her and she heard the song and she approached me. I don't even think I was attracted to her or anything. I was more fascinated by her and then I met her and then we started spending time together and we were just friends and I, I realized, I think those lyrics kind of speak for themselves. She was that girl that I was looking for, that I was singing about. But you hadn't met her when you no. wrote the song. No. But you had an idea of a girl you were thinking about mm -hmm. in the song. It wasn't based on a person no. you had met at that no. point. I thought it might have been about my ex-wife, but it, it really wasn't because at that point we were done and we were just going through the motions. And shortly after we were divorced and it just wasn't about her anymore. And, and I wasn't writing songs for her anymore. But she got a lot of songs out of me, a lot. And they're all really good songs and she deserves them. The next lyric is, um, I call you up on a telephone ring, unplugged from the wall. Pick you up on a motorcycle running in a picture film rated R. Just kind of, you know, wordplay. Just kind of a sexy idea of picking up a girl on a motorcycle in a, in a movie. You know, it's something that I think we can all see. Uncharted vowels and syllables. 
anagrams and abbreviations. You spell it out for me when I'm talking about your love. Again, that's about that girl. I didn't even know it because she's very good with words and and her words always like melted my heart, my beautiful heart of darkness. And so again, it, it was about her. And then it goes to the chorus and the chorus is I want it, I want it so bad or I don't want nothing at all. Again, her. And then the next verse is, uh, you sing such pretty songs wrapped in despair, cut note throats wrapped in your hair, undaunted, dark and delightful, I long just to be there. And this girl is the kindest, most sweetest human, but she has this darkness. She has this darkness that I, I never was able to pin down. Maybe that's why we're not together, because I could never find the fortitude to figure it out for her or for myself. Or I don't know if it was my job. I thought it was my job. And then back to the chorus and then the end, the last part of the song. Me just seeing out again into the ether that I'm so infatuated with that, that just unforeseeable and just the beautiful heart of darkness, you know, the, the dark and the light all right there. The good person struggling to find the good, but always having the influence of bad there. And then through love, you know, I think that's the hardest thing for all of us to find. True love, undefinable love. I wrote that for that girl, but that's all past and new horizons and new songs and new chapters are underway. So I've been there when you in the band sing a song and that chorus at the end, mm -hmm. everybody sings. Yeah, everybody sings. Along. Everybody sings. And especially the I want it all. I want it, I want it so bad or I don't want nothing at all. I don't want, I want it, I want it so bad or I don't want nothing at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's easy. It's when you're writing a song, I mean, and there's so many forms of songwriters and so many forms of writing music. But for me, it's finding a story that I can believe so that other people can believe. And then most importantly, finding that phrase. And there's so many songs. I mean, Tom Petty and the Beatles, and you know, they, they took every damn good phrase and already wrote it into a song and told the story from the phrase. But, you know, I want it, I want it so bad, or I don't want nothing at all. Just It just came. Most of the songs I write come in one false suit. Like, I sit down and just write it all at once. That song I wrote in one sitting. And then I showed it to Badfeather. No, actually, it started as a Lady Lake song. My band with Talia Keys. And that was some of the members of Badfeather were in that band. And then when we broke up Lady Lakes, we started Badfeather and we carried that song over, obviously, because it was a damn good song. To, good rock and roll song. So. Beautiful Heart of Darkness. It's on my record. Sigma Bath. This song I wrote some years back, the same girl I'm telling you about. And this is the last you get. You know who you are. I've moved on. We were together for a long time, and, and there was a point where we broke up before we got back together. I woke up, and I had this feeling. I knew, knew we were going to break up. So I wrote this song about this 
these two people who break up and they they realize that years later that they were meant to be together, but it was too late, you know, and they had moved on and it was time to move on. Like I said, going backwards is just, it's just not very productive. And um, so I wrote this song, but we were still together. And so the irony is that I wrote it for her to um, sing. So I wrote it as a duo. Before I tell the rest of the story, I'll just give you a, a little idea. So, so it starts with the female. I've had enough. Act so damn tough and call in your bluff. My heart's had enough. And the man, the little bird told me you were gonna fly away. So I wrote you a letter. somewhere out there in the world it's time for a change it's time to grow up three months and then we got back together and I wrote this one in a whole album and like I told you that my computer recently crashed and I was almost done with it 12 songs all about this woman and she sang on some of the songs and we had started to work on the song together before we broke up again so that's gone and that's fine I still plan to do this song with someone else you know and it's still for her but the crazy thing about this song is I've been hustling this game for a long time now that I'm like not teaching school anymore and I'm not I just try to do music. I have to hustle. I end up doing a lot of covers. I don't get to play my original music unless I'm doing Bad Feather, but Bad Feather's a production. Bad Feather's not a band where we're going to go play the hog wallow every week, you know? So I uh, met this producer who I've been working with who's helping me sell my music to movies. So there's a whole new thing I'm learning. I showed him like 50 of my songs. He liked this song the best. He took it. He scrapped these lyrics. He scrapped these lyrics. It's okay, because when you're selling to film and you're selling to other people, it's not about how I think people should hear. It's about what people hear. And this guy's like a professional producer who sells music for a living. And he believes in me. He's a good man. He's a great, great, great man. And he took the song. And I mean, he didn't, we rewrote the lyrics together. We sat down and we rewrote this song. So this song is two songs and we just sent it out and it's about to sell. This is called, I've had enough. The new one is called slipping away. And I'll read you those lyrics. 
this version of the song is a little in the dust, but the next part is the female says, the days have gone by and I miss my friend. Where did it turn? Why did it end? And the man says, she's so far away and I've moved on. She still lingers and haunts my song. So, I mean, they've both moved on and they can't get away from each other for some reason. Then the lady says, if I had my way, love would come knocking. He'd come back to stay and we'd go out walking. And then he says, if I passed her by, just a face in the crowd, I would stop time and turn back around. And it goes back to that chorus. She's had enough. I want more. I'm looking through the window and she's walking out the door. I can't explain love when it rains or dries up, when the sun turns its back and the moon is all done. And in the last verse, set of verses, she says, I've known several lovers, but there is no other. Let me tell you, brother, I miss my old man. And then he says, I've had many affairs, but I don't really care. My heart went away when she wasn't there. And then she says, I'm happy for him. I ran into a friend. She said he was looking good and on the mend. Then he says, I still think of her and wish her the best. I'm out on the road and I carry her in my chest. Back to the chorus and out. So now enter my my producer takes this song and it's quite lovely. I'll show you the recording. It's a lovely song. It's been really hard for me to, to accept this and to move into a new level of songwriting because I can't just write whatever I want. I mean, I write about books I've read or I write in that tone or, you know, if I've been reading Vonnegut, then I start to write like that or, but that's not how this works. This is a very fickle machine and it's been a really intense learning experience for me. We're going to call it curtain call. But then we rewrote the song like eight times. There's eight sets of verses here, but I'm not going to read all this to you. So this is the, this is the different version of this, that song that my producer took and we rewrote. It's hard for me to say I get all choked up my head in shame as I put out my cup when the strength leaves the strong and time bends the old it's hard to live in life it's taking its toll And this old sick string Heavy all the ways Crashing into me Watch it all slip away There's a heaven of the drink and It goes on deep in my heart, the hurt still remains The fire went out when you changed your name Laying on the ground is our masterpiece, years of regret without relief. Back to the chorus, there's not much left in this old six string. Heavy are the waves crashing into me, watch it all slip away as I live out my last days. And we turned it into, you know, singing about a, just a washed up musician who's been divorced and, oh shit, maybe that's me. Damn it. Anyhow, it still rings true to my heart. Like I wrote these lyrics as well with my producer. It's crazy, like I sent this to a very dear friend of mine um, she was like, it made me cry. Oh my God. And then I sent her my, the original and she's like, the new one, it's, it, the, I believe the new one more. And so it's weird how a song just is, it's, it's so beautiful. You know, like, like in my life by John Lennon, I mean, everyone is going to take that song for themselves. And those are probably the best songs that you think it means something that it doesn't mean because you believe it and you hear it the way you want it.
And that's probably why music changes the world because everyone gets to interpret it for what they want. And they can learn from it, build from it, be wiser from it. And that's why the best songs are written. And that's why sometimes it's hard for me with like rap and like degrading women or not just singing rap, but like there's certain elements where it can't be a great song if it's not truth, if it's not, if it's not going to make some kind of change, even a small change. And I think all music does make a small change. And I think all music has its place, dubstep, reggae, everything. But for me as a songwriter and as a human being, I think that there's only a certain amount of music that can be written that can really change the world. Yeah, it's interesting. The first version is sort of a two-character song, mm-hmm. whereas the second version is a one-character mm-hmm. song, just you, mm-hmm. a single person. I didn't write it about me, but it, I mean, now that we're sitting here like analyzing it, it's pretty much about me. <laughs> I didn't even, I was, I was writing it just thinking of like, you know, like Crazy Heart or... Um, you know, thinking about that musician who had it and then lost it. I mean, that's not me, but but there's certain definitely elements of this song that are about me. It's really intense, this this whole thing that's happening to me. It's a whole new thing in my life. You know, all the other upside down things that have happened to me lately, this this is a whole new chapter in my life. So it's it's really interesting and I wanted to share that with you because it's beautiful. You know, I wouldn't have I probably wouldn't have picked this song if this wasn't the if this double-sided coin wasn't there, I would have picked a more popular song. But. I think it tells a story that every person who's broken up with someone goes through. Yeah. Right? Is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's a breakup song. It's a breakup song. Yeah, I hadn't even broke up with her yet. <laughs> when I wrote it. But I knew. It's like, we and all I, end up broken up when we break up. Oh, for me, I just believe in love. I even believe in the institution of marriage still to this day, even though I've been divorced. I don't know. I definitely believe in love. Like, I like to love one person. And that song kind of says, like, I don't know, you can be madly in love, but you just sometimes you have to move on. So the song has the ocean metaphors of waves. Mm-hmm. That's the newer one. The newer one. Mm-hmm. And we don't have waves here in Utah, but doesn't that mean you can't imagine them? How real the wavelengths? Yeah, well, I mean, were I, you I, on a beach at all, or no? A, no, I was in a living in, room. In, a, in your head, were, were you thinking of the ocean? No. So, so what does the so, waves mean? So, this writing this. No, actually, we started writing this in a studio, and we sat there with his engineer, me, Dave Radcliffe. He's my producer. He's an amazing uh, songwriter, and we sat there. They have a big dry erase board, and we wrote out a basic skeleton over my song, a new song, and I'm sitting there going. What the hell is going on right now? And they sat there and we wrote the basic lyrics and then we picked the best words that carried for the song. So wave, I, I don't quite remember. I mean, I sing a lot about the ocean. I love the ocean. I long for it. I think we all do. And waves very well could have been a better word than something else we used. The song that's going to sell that you're going to make money off of that you're going to have royalties from this, the song that this film picks about the guy driving down the road thinking of his life and how it can like move through the movie or commercial, it's finding the right word sometimes. And Dave will be sitting there writing and he'll just have his head in the notebook, just writing words, writing words. And I'm like, what about this? And I'll say this elaborate piece of poetry. He's like, no, it's not going to work, Rick. I know you like these big words and stuff, but it has to do the rhythm. It has to carry the song. It's not live. It's not, you know, this isn't a passion project. This is, this is work. This is, but it's still heartfelt. You know, it's very heartfelt. It's a very heartfelt song. 
I like it. I hope it's a big hit for you. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I mean, uh, I don't, I don't uh, get my hopes up anymore. But I would just keep working. Okay, thank you very much. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Right. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.